Amazing. Recording on Maine, as the kids would say. <laughs> would the kids actually say that, do you think? I mean, probably if we said it on the podcast, then all the kids would start saying it <laughs> because they want to be just like us. I think we should start skewing our demographic lower and lower, like in age. Until so... we have an audience of exclusively toddlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like that idea. I I think it's a good one. Uh, it would set a, a real low bar for us for entertainment, I think. And we could probably go a long way with like doing some face paint or like getting a few wigs or just like something like, you know, like a low effort kind of comedy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how well those things would translate for the audio only audience, but, you know, we can try it and see if an audio wig is as exciting as <laughs> uh, our descriptions of the wigs were as exciting as looking at the wigs themselves that's true we we could also get a wig that has like maybe i'm thinking sort of uh like metal pieces in it oh. so that when we move our head around it like makes a noise you know uh-huh. what i'm saying and also hurts us Yes. <laughs> when those metal pieces hit us in the face. Um, I feel like it has been so long since we've recorded that it feels like it's the first time again. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It all feels brand new again. So much has changed. And I feel like I have a lot that I want to talk to you about. And I have sort of a big confession. Well, I can't wait to hear what that is. But we're going to leave our audience titillated with that nugget a little bit longer just for suspense. <laughs> I decided right just... now. I don't know if you were planning to say it right now, but we, um... we need to draw this out. <laughs> yes. I mean, I I can only imagine what our audience must be thinking it it might be. I think the stakes probably feel pretty high. Undoubtedly. I would imagine. Yeah. And I hope it's not a letdown. <laughs> uh, nothing you could ever do would let me down, Elena. Okay. Because the bar is already so low for you that, uh, like, it, you just can't get any lower. You know, I need my my friends, my day ones, to really keep me <laughs> humble, and that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you every step of the way. All right, so I want to tell you that I want to eat my words a little bit, I guess. So on many episodes, I believe, of Televisionary, I've talked about how Peacock is the worst streaming service. Uh Uh-huh. But I have to be quite honest with you and let you know that Peacock is now the only streaming service that I'm using. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like... Before all of the Scandaval Vanderpump Rules stuff happened, I just so happened to go back and start rewatching that show. There's a new season of Top Chef that I've been watching. And of course, they have uh, Yellowstone as well. And then I saw that Betty Gilpin from Glow is going to be in a new series coming to Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Mm -hmm. Have you seen anything about this? I did, yeah. I thought it was, it looked interesting to me. I would certainly be interested in watching it because I like her and seems like she's a good fit for that role from what I can tell. So I know they're really hyping her up Mm -hmm. with it a little bit. 
But yeah, I never thought I'd be a, a peacock head. <laughs> well, I mean, some people have been calling you that for years, minus the P, but <laughs> just kidding. No one was calling you that, that I know of. But... It'd be a bit of a weird insult for me, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's a weird insult for anyone. I don't think I've ever heard anyone call someone a cockhead. I don't know if anyone... Cody! <laughs> you can censor that if... We need to keep it family friendly for all the toddlers listening out there. That's true. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like Peacock has been strong in the original programming game. Like, I don't think they've had any like massive breakout hits, but it seems like they are being very intentional with their strategy in a way that other services are not right now. So, um, yes. Speaking of... Uh-huh. Sorry, that just made me think. I I randomly remembered Phoebe Waller-Bridge today. <laughs> okay. And I googled her and apparently Amazon Prime is like extremely upset with her because they signed a 60 million dollar deal with her to develop original content for Amazon Prime Video and she has yet to make anything. Mhm. <laughs> I was actually thinking about her not long ago, too, because she was, like, so hot for a hot minute there. I know. And then it just seemed like she fell off the face of the earth, and she was supposed to be doing that Mr. and Mrs. Smith adaptation, Mm -hmm. series adaptation with Donald Glover for Amazon, and then she ended up leaving that project for what sounds like creative differences. So, and I don't think she's done anything since other than script work on the latest James Bond movie yeah i heard that she might be directing but like she might end up directing that james bond movie but i feel like i don't know about you but like i i don't care about james bond and i feel like nobody does (laughs) that's i mean i feel like it's a weird pairing for her with that universe though like she is far from the first person who would come to mind when i think james James bond Bond. (laughs) um so like maybe they're just really trying to reinvigorate the franchise but like i i would would be interested to see it just because i want to know what her take on it would be so me too but i feel like it's the kind of project that would end up just being so boxed in by the whoever owns james bond i i don't know but i feel like she would only be able to do so much kind of like when joss whedon who is you know i know persona non grata i don't know if that's like the right phrase but he's like (laughs) no longer no longer cool but like when he got pulled in to do the avengers movie like it was still just an avengers movie like it wasn't that whedon-esque you know maybe here or there but yeah isn't MGM owned by Amazon now? MGM, I think, owns James Bond. Oh, I think that seems possible. I don't remember for sure, and I feel too lazy to go and try to look it up to verify that right now, which might make me a bad podcast host, but we're settling back into this role, so. I feel like our audience is here for the speculation, (laughs) right? not necessarily the facts. Yeah, we just want to make them feel good, not tell them truths, (laughs) so... That's kind of the state of uh, American media right now. So we're going to fit right in. Exactly. I have to also say uh, no one is seeing this because we're not recording ourselves on video tonight. 
Uh, at least I'm not. If you are, <laughs> well, for you. maybe we should give our audience a little disclaimer because we were using a service for our previous two seasons that allowed us to record our audio remotely at the same time and made it easy to mix together and all that stuff. We are not using that now, um, but we're just we're trying a different technique that should still produce, you know, good quality uh, sound recordings. But we are being recorded right now. Or what? No, I'm not recording on Zoom. Sorry. We're using Zoom God. basically to see each other while we talk. But I can start recording on Zoom so that we do capture this video if you want. Oh, uh, you might as well. Okay. It would Unless produce it's going to like slow everything down. Um, I don't think it does at all. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now we're recording. So this will also oh, give wonderful. us a backup audio file in case you need it. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. You are just like perfectly framed in your closet tonight. I don't think I've ever seen it look quite like this before. Wow. Well, I appreciate that so much. I don't know <laughs> what's different because this is the same closet I've always been in. Well, I mean, I was in a different closet, you know, earlier in life, but... Um, <laughs> For quite some time. Uh-huh. When we did Squadcast, which uh highly recommend on quality if anyone's getting into a podcast. However, it is so expensive now, <laughs> but I would do an ad for them if they wanted us to because they were great. And if they gave us like a free year of, you know, recording, I would love that. Yeah. But did we see each other? When we were doing Squadcast, yes. Okay. Yeah, the video then is I incorporated no into their platform so that you record we can just, just it was basically it zoom yeah it doesn't record the video at all like you can't do that but you record the audio yeah. and just see the video stream yeah interesting mm-hmm. so basically cody and i we needed time off like we were both just got really busy and i feel like we didn't quite know exactly how to pr- proceed with televisionary and i think now getting into it it might be a little bit different than our initial you know, single TV focused episodes and maybe a bit of a melding with, you know, talking about a single TV show, but also connecting it to current events and like kind of what's happening in the TV landscape week to week. We're going to try to keep it fresh for you and I don't know, just mix it up a little bit, keep it a little easier on ourselves and a little more fun and conversational for the two of us and a little bit less research focused. Do you feel like I'm saying that correctly? Yeah, I mean, I think what the feedback that we've gathered from people mostly is that they like hearing us, you know, just chatting about the you know way we feel about certain shows and uh, still bringing a lot of knowledge to the table and delivering actual facts to you. So we're <laughs> yes. So it's not like we are totally disregarding everything that we've done before because we're proud of what we made in our first two seasons. But it was a heavy lift for yes. both of us to prepare for those episodes, and we are lazier than we'd like to admit. Right. Yeah. I feel like we're really kind of jumping into this new format in like a super cop-out kind of way because the show that we want to talk about today is so extensive and like storied in its history and would have required probably like seven episodes to fully get into. (laughs) But I 
have a lot of strong feelings about this show and I'm excited to just talk about it casually. I have no idea if we're going to be on the same page or not. Do you want to tell everybody what we're talking about? Yeah, we have decided for our first episode back to talk about the institution of late night weekend broadcast television programming, the one and only Saturday Night Live. Okay, that was my interpretation of the very jazzy, fun theme song. And no, theme song humming is not going away, even with the slightly new format that's the more things change the more they stay the same but yeah saturday night live it is a, a big topic currently in its 48th season so there is so much that we could have talked about and so much that we will talk about i am sure yeah i actually like i don't think i've watched a full episode of snl in 15 years like a very long time i don't keep up with it and i find it really funny our good friend claire mutual friend Mm -hmm. fan of the pod will often send me like the lineups of the cast member or the like host and the musical artist or whatever and i I'm always intrigued to see who they have, but it never entices me to actually tune in. Hmm. Like, I just, I don't, I've not seen anything come out of the show in a very long time that makes me laugh. And I actually saw a clip, there's like a few articles about it from this last week's weekend update, mm-hmm. where a cast member who identifies as non binary was lowered from the ceiling in a harness mm-hmm. and made a great statement in terms of subject matter about trans kids, which I appreciate and, you know, love the sentiment. However, I thought it was the weirdest segment I've seen in so long. And I thought it was so bizarre that the joke really, like the joke just started off was basically just a fat joke, which I just thought was so tasteless and outdated and then the person just kept breaking character like they would deliver their line and then just like you could see the muscles in their face just relax and they became just a person again and not the character that they were trying to be and I feel like things like that that's why I don't watch anymore I don't know if you got a chance to watch that clip but I thought it was bizarre. I did watch it because I religiously watch the show every week, even when it is not good. <laughs> yeah, um, so the opposite of me. Yes. And I I do agree that that was like a weird segment, but I think that nowadays, if there's not something weird about an SNL sketch or segment on Weekend Update, then something is wrong. Like, it's... I... I I don't know how to say this, but it just feels off when everything is right. (laughs) That's like not a good thing. Well, it's not, but it doesn't keep me from watching the show. That's the thing. Like, it's almost like I want the show to be right all the time. Like, I want it for it so badly, and I will you know, sit there and hope that this is the week that they're going to actually have all sketches that work. And it 
it never happens. <laughs> I'm always disappointed, but not disappointed enough to like to stop watching it. Like I don't know yeah. what keeps drawing me back in exactly, but it, I mean, part of it might just be that there still is, after all this time, nothing like it on TV. Like that's there, true. There no, that's is, a good point. Yeah, there's just no other show that does the live comedy thing, the sketch comedy thing, quite like. SNL does it for better or for worse it's it's interesting because I remember us talking before about you know is it kind of bad now because there are too many cooks in the kitchen in terms of writers and today when I was thinking about the show I was like well maybe it's worse because the type of comedian or like artist needed to perform in that kind of environment maybe that just doesn't exist anymore like maybe like a Chris Farley or like I don't know even like David Spade like I don't know like some of the older people like uh from the 90s or whatever Norm Macdonald like is is humor just so fundamentally different than it used to be not that the talent I maybe I said that wrong like not that the talent isn't there but like has the memification of culture just altered the generation that's coming up now on the show and the humor is just not as well suited to the kind of format that SNL is or like maybe not even well suited maybe this is just what humor is now and how it fits into that format but I don't know that I actually believe that but I did think about that today well I mean, uh, of course, comedic tastes have changed in the five decades that the show has been on the air. And I don't think that it's a problem of not having people who are capable of thriving in the sketch comedy space. Maybe that's not what it used to be because, like, so many more people get famous these days from, you know, producing a YouTube series on their own or something, or, you know, from TikTok or whatever. And, like, that's such a highly curated, specific comedic experience, right? That kind of can, you know, adjust to tastes that the algorithm deems popular. (laughs) But sketch comedy, when when SNL was first airing and people were first coming up on it, that was, like, that live comedy experience, I think, was something that more people sought out because they didn't have it on their phones all the time and, you know, right in front of them. And there was not a lot of other opportunity for people who wanted to launch a career in comedy to do that on their own, right? Right. Like, you kind of have to do it live for someone to see you and, you know, want to put you on TV. You know, if everyone in the world can put themselves on YouTube or on TikTok and do whatever very specific thing they do, and, you know, the whole world can find it, that's not forcing you to develop any skills other than what you already have comedically. True. And you're also isolated. You're just, you know, you can point a camera at one person, you yourself alone. You're not collaborating. You're not playing off of anyone else. And also Mm -hmm. when it's a video format like that, you can just like, you can do as many takes as you want. And my biggest pet peeve, and this has always been a problem with the show, but is definitely worse in more recent clips that I've seen. It's the people breaking character. It's the people like not able to hold it together and like come on guys like nothing's even that funny that's happening and you've rehearsed this like pull it together 
But that skill of just like pulling it together, holding it together, not laughing, not losing your shit. If you're just behind a camera on all of the other projects and all of the other ways that you're funny, it doesn't really matter because you can just lose that focus and just do another take. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to take anything away from the people who do get on the show because it's not like they're all just stupid dum-dums. <laughs> But I do think that there is sometimes a lack of creativity and wanting to, like, really develop characters. Like, it doesn't seem like there is effort being put into, like, really trying to create something that that will last beyond this week's episode, right? Like, it's almost like they're just trying to churn out something that will get them through to next week rather than thinking about what's going to keep me here for the long run and, you know, propel me past this show one day, what's going to be recognizable and what might actually catch fire. I was just thinking the other day about how most of the clips that would go viral, if you can even call it that, these days coming out of the show are the ones that are politically oriented. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, the show has always done that, always done it to varying levels of success but now it seems like the only things that actually get people talking about SNL are the you know political lampoons that they do and there aren't like the real sketches I guess like comedy sketches that really think outside the box and you know do something that no one has done before and that's what the show became famous for yeah because when you think back to those older seasons like that is what stands out there's living in a van down by the river I mean there's the fucking sorry I'm swearing so much tonight there's the (laughs) the hands lady that's a more slightly more recent one the tiny hands i don't know why i remember that Still so like much. 10 15 years ago now debbie yeah. downer like all of these things like yeah the show was too wild and crazy guys yeah the, and like the show was always political but there was i i wouldn't say that was its bread and butter like for all of those mm-hmm. years but to your point of like you know the modern world we live in the reason the political sketches probably do go more viral is because they're the most like the the easiest thing to go viral for the show because those topics are already trending a brand new character no one's heard of is doomed to fail on the internet because the internet doesn't reward originality it awards Mm -hmm. chasing you know topics that are already out there and like cycled in so i mean maybe that's cynical but no um, another thought i had though was like when you think of the storied history of SNL and all of those sketches throughout, you know, this show's run that really stand out that people mem- remember. Are we remembering them more because they are actually so much funnier than anything being produced today or do we just remember them as opposed to any of the more political or topical stuff because it's faded. That- stuff is no longer relevant to I had that thought too and like also the thought of nostalgia right like I watched Mm -hmm. reruns of SNL on the E! channel growing up all the time (laughs) and Mm -hmm. those things I mean I've gone back to watch a few of like the sketches I remember and some of them do hold up really well but not everything does and of course there are all of the sketches that I've forgotten like you said so there's probably a lot of factors that go into why 
those older seasons feel so much stronger. Yeah. I had a question actually for you. How much do you think the people that work on SNL get paid? Uh, like the, the cast? cast? I think it varies when they renew their contracts, but I remember reading somewhere a while ago, and I mean, this would have been like probably 20 years ago, that like brand new cast members usually started out at like $5,500 an episode. Okay. Which I'm sure that's increased since then. At least I would, you know, hope so if they're... <laughs> union is doing anything for them <laughs> but there were also rumors that like when will ferrell was in his last season he was making a million dollars a season yeah so like it i think it probably just depends on how popular you are how vital you are to the show staying relevant mm -hmm. and you know what else you might have going on that is would you know make people want to tune in to the show i guess i feel like it's not the kind of money that you would that would make you want to stay. Yeah. I guess if you could be making more, you know, on your own show or doing movies or, you know, stand-up tours or whatever. I had that thought, too, of just, like, mm, there is the legacy to it, but I would say its legacy has tarnished a bit in more recent years. Like, I don't think it's viewed by... I, I don't think it's viewed as highly as it used to be, but that could just be me. But I was wondering maybe if it doesn't attract the same level of talent as it once did, in part because of what people might get paid. Like, I just kind of assumed they probably lowballed people kind of because the show is what it is. And like, you know, everybody wants to say that they've been on SNL or at least for a long time. I feel like that was the case if you were like a comedic actor or sketch comedy person. But I don't know. I was just curious. I mean, I think one of the reasons they could lowball them, which I think is accurate from what I can tell, is that they're, you know, the whole scheme of the show is to find nobodies performing in comedy clubs or whatever, right. you know, improv troops across the country and just pluck them from obscurity and slap them on TV and be like, this person is the next big person. And occasionally they get lucky and find a Kate McKinnon or a Bowen Yang, you know, who actually does go on to do great things while they are still on the show, do great things outside of the show, I guess. But... I think the more common story is that they just kind of are known for their time on SNL, maybe not for anything even in particular that they, that they have done, but for just being on the show, period. And they might be able to parlay that into some kind of success afterward, but when they reach their expiration date, which varies for everyone on the show, there's not always something that they can just bank on. And it, like, it's definitely, you look at the seasons from the first, like the first five seasons or whatever, like the original seven cast members of, you know, those first seasons all had long and some continuing to have <laughs> illustrious yeah. careers where they all did incredible things. And that's just not the... Like, that's the exception now. That's not the rule. Yeah. So it's unfortunate that people would not get paid more for being on the show. But also, if you're not breaking out and doing anything that's really noteworthy, can you blame the network for not handing over a ton of money no, to people absolutely. that are And, like, really absolutely not. Not in, like, um, yeah. America in 2023, like, where network 
television is not what it used to be. And NBC probably knows, like, they're probably gunning for the NFL to do more Saturday night games so that they can just put something on and make that ad money. Like, wouldn't you rather make money than spend money on this show? And I know, like, it's still... I remember talking to you recently about how I didn't think many people watched it. And you said, like, it still draws a decent audience for network TV. I think it actually sometimes is the highest rated show on NBC, like other than sports and stuff. Yeah. Like it actually is one of the few things that can bring in live viewers. Nothing like it used to, of course, but you know, it's solid. Right. Like they're still obviously making enough money off of it to keep it around. Like that's not just still on the air for the sake of nostalgia because, you know, they don't want to cancel a tent pole. They are monetizing it probably differently as well because it's exclusive to Peacock now. They can do like different kinds of ads and things on Peacock that they probably couldn't do mm-hmm. on the, you know, NBC airing so they can like the tailored ad experience I think the advertisers typically pay a little bit more for and all that kind of stuff. So it would be great if they did like um like a SNL after dark or something like that peacock exclusive that was a little more maybe risque or just like something to draw people in on peacock why not <laughs> like the cinemax version of snl <laughs> i'd love to see keenan get into that you know mm-hmm. i bet you would i know how much you love keenan oh keenan keenan goes to my island of band actors <laughs> and actresses <laughs> well you know what that brings up an interesting point because keenan has been on the show for like 20 seasons or something at this point. And, like, so I'm wondering, how much is Keenan making? They like, shouldn't he had his pay own... him that much! <laughs> like, he had his own NBC show that got cancelled, like, and he was still doing SNL at the same time, Let's and, see. like, he's now still doing SNL. Let's see if I can find so, this. Like, is he really just staying on the show because he loves it so much? Or is he just incapable of making money elsewhere. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. He makes $25,000 an episode. That is oh, okay. he should be fired because that money could be <laughs> better spent on like craft services for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so how much is that for um a season? 25,000 times usually like 22 episodes a season. $550,000, probably. That makes me so, sick. <laughs> that's like... Uh, but, I mean, there are people who make $550,000 doing one episode of... I mean, Mariska Hargitay or right. Ellen Pompeo. Like, they make that in one episode of the shows that they've been on 20 seasons of, you know? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Uh, and I'm not saying that the talent is comparable between them, but like he must really just be in love with oh the gosh. show and what he gets to do there. He needs to be retired to like a deal or no deal like reboot or something like that. Like let's get him a hosting gig and he cuz he's perfect for something like that cuz he's not really that likable and he's not that funny, <laughs> but like he's a name kind of, like a he's you know, he could do a 
do a hosting gig like that. And then he's getting paid probably. The hours are going to be better. Just, it would do us all some good. I feel like I've seen enough bad game show sketches on the show where (laughs) Keenan is the host to make me not want that. I don't dislike Keenan the way that you do. Like, uh, for me, Keenan is just, like, comfort food mm. where you know it's not good, but you just want to eat it because it, like, because you want something to fill you up, I guess. Like, it's the macaroni and cheese bites in the middle of the night, you know, that you just have to wander out to the kitchen and throw in the air fryer because you want a little something snacky that you're... <laughs> You know, going to be able to digest, but it's not really doing anything for your body. Keaton, is that a terrible analogy? Keaton is the <laughs> wilting lettuce that you bought because you thought that it was going to be good and you you were going to be healthy, but you realized that it's actually not at all what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Uh, I was going to ask you too. What do you think happens when Lorne Michaels dies? That is a good point. Because it's inevitable one of these days it's going to happen. Well, I mean, the man's in his 80s now. He's got to be, right? Yeah. The show has so many people that have been there for, like, decades, right? Like, directors or um, talent bookers and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the show will, I think, go on after Lauren is dead. But I don't know if it will just be like it, they might bring back someone who was an SNL cast member or head writer or something to run it like I don't know like Seth Meyers or Tina Fey or like any of those big names of people that you know were churning out a lot mm-hmm. of that content because they know how the machine runs right and they know they're funny people like they right. get it and they, they you know they can continue the legacy Maybe even better than it's currently being <laughs> continued. But I don't know. It's just such a specific kind of role that I don't know if it even would feel quite the same, no matter who takes it. Yeah, I think he's pretty involved in casting for the show, at, like, from mm-hmm. what I've heard. And I feel like, yeah, like maybe now the cast feels a little less notable. But, you know, that's also how it feels right now in the moment who who's to say what these people are going to go on and do and who's going to be you know recognizable in 10 years for having created an amazing movie or sitcom or whatever but like he's got a good track record for picking people and I feel like that ability to recognize talent in people is such a rare thing to find in somebody who can also run a show and like mm-hmm. t- not to mention like this kind of show that you know, is a little bit like format wise different from like Grey's Anatomy or like a traditional TV show. So I'm curious, I'm trying to think of like any comedic actors who have come through the show or anyone I can think of who has such an eye for talent like that, who might mm-hmm. make sense, but not no one's really coming to mind. Yeah. I mean, it's not like anyone graduated from SNL and went on to create their own different version of SNL, you know? It's so much its own thing that even the people that did come off of the show and, you know, create their own enterprises, you know, they're not directly comparable. Yeah. So it's it's... even like 
I don't think Will Ferrell would ever do it, but just thinking about kind of what he's done as a producer, like I'm pretty sure he produces mm-hmm. Succession. I see his name yeah. pop up in a lot of random things. I think he has a very kind of rich behind the scenes career that's happened over the years. And so that makes me feel like he could do it, but I don't know why if you're Will Ferrell, you would, but he's also older. So like maybe somebody like that would want to come back and just be like, all right, well, like, you know, I'm not really acting in movies anymore. I've pretty much just been producing and I had this amazing time when I was on this show and I believe in this show's legacy. So I'm going to come back and, you know, do it. Do you think that Lorne has a secret succession plan somewhere already created? (laughs) Or do you think that the network will just decide? That's a great question. Maybe it's Keenan. Maybe that's why he's still there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could definitely see... I feel like he probably irritates people at NBC. So, like, even if he has a plan, they may or may not listen to that plan once he's gone but i would Mm -hmm. think that if i was lauren michaels i would i would have something in mind i want to see snl do a sketch that's like a riff on succession but succession for lauren michaels when he dies (laughs) speaking of succession (laughs) like i think that would actually be a good sketch like all of the current cast members like scheming and conniving to be the one that replaces they him. should get jeremy strong to host snl i can't think of anything that could actually be good <laughs> i think it would be so entertaining but like knowing what we know about his weird method acting stuff like i don't even know if he could possibly do it like he's right. so weird if he like actually let himself go and have fun i it think could be so that good. would be right when kieran culkin hosted I don't remember if it was last year or the year before. I feel like he was one of the best hosts they've I had in that. the last decade. Like, he was so good. So I hope they have him back again. Have you been watching Succession, by the way? You're waiting, right? I Yeah, I have not watched any of this season yet. But I did hear the big spoiler, which Me I will too. not say on the show, just in case. Nobody did but a good yeah. job of hiding that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, I am looking forward to watching this final season, but I need to. I would like to rewatch the first three seasons before I do. Me too. Just to refresh the old noggin. And because it's a good show, not just because I need refresh. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. (laughs) And I'm sure we will talk about it sometime soon (laughs) on here (laughs) in greater depth. I know we should try to watch. We should try to watch it and then talk about it right after the finale. That would be a good idea. It would but be. The only thing is I do not have HBO Max any longer. Or sorry, just Max now. Um, well, no, that's not till May 23rd, right? Oh, I thought that was like effective immediately. No, I thought it was too. And then whenever they announced the Harry Potter TV series, I oh. was clicking around and I saw something about how it's officially changing over May 23rd, I believe. Okay. But well, yeah, good to know. I don't, they've done so many HBO Go, HBO Now, HBO Max, and now just Max. It's like, it's too much. They could, I, I get it, but I just feel like it's, it's a lot of name changes and not a lot of time. They are maxed out on name they changes, are. if you ask me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did have HBO Max as part of my Xfinity television package. HBO Max and Peacock were included. And 
I just cancelled it a few months ago and switched to T-Mobile Home Internet. Yes, I am promoting you. Pay me, T-Mobile. Um, but I'm saving a huge bundle of money every month, which I have not directed back to the streaming services that I canceled yeah. because they were included with that, but which I will, like, I am certain that I will get back Max yeah. and probably Peacock at some point whenever I have a little more time to just sit down and watch stuff. Maybe if you stop spending lately, so much money on houndstooth printed clothing, you would have a little extra money to spend on HBO Max slash Max. Okay, I will have you know that I have not purchased any houndstooth clothing items in 2023 so far. and So you're just I, walking I like around was... naked every day now? Well, no, I'm experimenting with some different patterns, <laughs> not exclusively houndstooth. Oh, you should just tattoo your whole body houndstooth. Uh, so our friend Claire, you know, referenced earlier in the episode, yes. sent me a picture one time um, of a screen grab from me recording this podcast with the houndstooth shirts in the background and like then she like did this i don't know where she gets the time but she did this like gradual progression of like everything in the image just turning to houndstooth including me like i was black and white houndstooth by the end of this progression Um, well maybe you drum up that image and we'll share it to our instagram I don't know if I still have it. It's she probably in my She definitely messages. has it somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, uh, we've been talking for quite some time. We have. Is there anything else that you... Uh, so, uh, okay, I do want to ask you about something. Okay. You didn't even watch the episode of SNL that Kim Kardashian hosted? No, I just watched that was... her... I watched her opening monologue. That was well, it. I mean, she actually did like a halfway decent job for Kim, you know. That's so what I've heard. I feel like you should watch it, <sighs> just because I think you would appreciate it. Being a a Kim head, <laughs> I am. I don't want to say I'm over the Kardashians, but oh. I I think their star is actually waning. Well, I will say I do not feel like I have seen as much about them or from them mm-hmm. in the last year or so. Like, since the Kardashians show came to Hulu, I feel like, you know, of course there was so much publicity around that, but, like, I don't feel like I hear much about it or see it, you know, promoted the way that I did at first. No. It kind of makes me feel like... I feel like they realized people were getting sick of them and they made a conscious effort to pull back. But that also makes me feel like, what are they planning next? You know? Right. Well, I'm ready to go. I think I'm ready to go, too. (laughs) There was so much more that we could talk about if we wanted to, but I don't feel like we need to. I feel like we have said enough. I agree. Thank you guys for listening and tuning back in to our podcast. As always, if you have any feedback, let us know and share with a friend. Yeah, we are excited to be back and we hope that you are excited for us to be back too. And please let us know on our social media if you are enjoying the 
sort of looser format that we are testing out. I don't, I don't feel like it's a huge deviation from what we've done before. Maybe the casual listener wouldn't have even noticed that we were intentionally trying to do things differently. But if you do like it and want us to keep keep this little experiment going, please reach out to us, DM us, slide into our DMs at Televisionary Podcast on Instagram um, and at Televisionary Pod on TikTok. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, bye. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I don't think we said who we are. Oh, my God. I'm I have been and will continue to be Elena Hillard. And I have been and will continue to be Cody Hoffman. And we thank you again for listening and have a great day. Bye. Bye.